Hi, I'm Nina Enderst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. In this episode, Anna and I discuss foundations, how we define our roots, and why it all matters. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello, everyone. We're back. Maybe better than ever. I don't know. (laughs) Possibly. You be the judge. But if you have a review that's unkind, just email us. Don't. (laughs) If you you could keep it between us. (laughs) I don't care what people think. I just don't want it on Apple Podcasts, please. We're trying to like, you know, make this work, guys. We'll probably talk about astrology at some point. But something you should know about both of us is we have strong Aries placements. So it would be our preference to control the narrative. And so if you could email it to us. Yeah, first first. always. So if that, if you could arrange that Madison Square Garden, we'd love that. I think we are mostly better than ever. Although I have to tell you in the world's smallest problem area, Mm. not actual problem area as in body, but if it rains for one more fucking day, (laughs) I am going to crawl into a fucking hole, Anna. And (laughs) And not not come out. Yeah. And I can't think it's like, I feel like someone's pressing on my brain. Are these allergies? Is this being an adult? You might have allergies because lots of people who don't think they do actually do. And apparently thanks to climate change. Have you guys heard about this? Have you guys heard about it? Uh, Hot, hot topic. You maybe haven't heard, but the earth is dying. Yeah. Science is real. You guys, you heard it here first. Well, you know, I'm at my mom's place. My mom has a really lovely house in, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll protect her privacy and not say where, but anyway. share the locale now that we're. Did y'all want latitude and longitude? Like maybe exactly. Just share your location. There'll be a Google Maps link yeah, in this episode. Even, even just follow me. I'll share my location. And my biggest just, fear. I'm like lives in New York. I just live in the state. Like yeah. you can't find me. No. That's so funny. I don't care and I should, but I'm here basically to help tend her garden while she's in Italy and I mean, well, it was like a, she has a pool. So I was like, yeah, mom, like if you need help, AKA, uh, can I go take a residence in your home? But, uh, it's been disgusting all day and raining and it makes also the internet not work. And it just makes me feel like a really bratty teen where I'm like, this yeah. is not what I wanted. <laughs> but we realize how ridiculous these yeah, conversations are. It's not are, an actual problem. No, it's not. A, no, no. We're very aware of that. Okay. So what are we talking about today now that we're finally here? Well, we're talking about roots. So before we talk about why we're going to talk about that, I wanted to give you a definition of it. Please do. So as a plural noun. Oh, it's a plural noun. Well, I have a few for you. I have it as a plural noun and then I have it as a verb. So it's a little bit. Stick with me for a minute here, y'all. The part. Everybody just collectively fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. I know there has to be some nerves just with kidding. me. I'm just kidding. The part of a plant which attaches it to the ground or to a support, typically underground, conveying water and nourishment to the rest of the plant via numerous branches and fibers. Okay. What about if you're not a plant? The basic cause, source, or origin of something. As a verb, it's a 
cause to grow roots to establish deeply and firmly. And now something when we were talking about the topic of this is we couldn't decide. Sometimes it's like we just talk at each other as if we're doing like spoken word poetry. We're like roots, the roots, family, foundation, roots. And like, we'll be like, did we say the same word four times? So and then we, I, I start to beatbox over that. It's, it's true. <laughs> I was happy though when I Googled roots, the first thing that came up was the band. And I was like, fuck yeah. But okay, then right. foundation, because it's like essentially all these things I think about when you and, and I are talking about, we mean them somewhat interchangeably. But so foundation is either the lowest load bearing part of a building, typically below ground level, or an underlying basis or principle. Hmm. Now, I don't know about you. I wouldn't have thought of roots having the word cause, like the basic cause associated with it. And with foundation, I wouldn't have thought of it as a principle, which sounds yeah, weird. Principle. No, I, I agree with the principle. So when you think of the word roots or foundation, hmm. what do you immediately think of? What comes to mind for you? Ancestors and my, and feet. <laughs> yeah. But feet. I mean... Yeah. I mean, I work with the body a lot, obviously. Also, when I feel like, well, this happens a lot when I practice Reiki on people and their feet. I remember one client, we laugh about it, obviously. But the first time I went to go work on her legs and her feet, I was like, so it's very dead around here. <laughs> like joking, <laughs> obviously. I was like, it's very cold and dead. <laughs> um, but that it was so she was so detached and obviously we had a, a banter at that point i wasn't just like nice to meet you sarah you're dead in the roots <laughs> you're like hey old that's, a, dead that's a way that's a way to get them coming back for more <laughs> you like the lowest load-bearing part of your building i can't, of a body. I can't really i can't really I, I think you already know that i are i really can't mess with load-bearing there's just something yeah, no inherently yeah. wrong about that but so roots ancestors feet yeah, connection to earth. That's what that's what I think of when I think of roots. Health, like really safety comes to mind. I went to the health food store today and to get ice cream with my child, which is big for us to leave the house. And I was driving and I was like, wow, it's so hard sometimes to feel safe when you don't feel well or you don't feel grounded. We, I couldn't wait to get home because I was just like, I'm just not in the mindset to be out. So when I think of roots, I think of either in and out of balance, right? In balance, feeling safe, feeling grounded, feeling like you can, you're eating enough, you have a home, you have family of whatever kind, unbalanced. I think of, you know, some anxiety, a little malnourished, whatever, however that shows up for you, or like too nourished in some ways, right? So just, yeah, that's how I think of it. How do you think of it? What's your definition? I would definitely describe myself as Webster. too nourished. <laughs> but I think of, yeah, I think I think of family of origin. I think I think of like, where do you come from? And what is the legacy of that? And then I do think now, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I'm not a, I wouldn't pretend to be a yogi in any way. I mean, I do the yoga, but I think of the root chakra. And yeah. I think of like when I was first sort of getting into, I'm sorry, I mean, the chakra. Um, chakra. chakra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
By the way, we're not making fun of the we're actual not. word. No, we're making we're, fun of the, the white girls who, yeah. who say it like that. And I'll, yeah. I'll take full responsibility for that. Yeah. And yep, we're making fun of you. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, <laughs> you can say, you can just say chakra. It's fine. It's, it's it, because also a lot of you make it sound like you're speaking Espanol and then it becomes more confusing because you're rolling your R and I don't know why. We're not haters. I'm mostly just confused. I'm not hating. I just want to be like, I, well, also like, I like to say words in a fun way. So some of it too is I'm jealous. I want to say it that way too. It's fun. But um, I remember when I was first like getting more into spirituality and like learning kind of what things were and like, what are the chakras? Like, what is all of this stuff, you know? And someone was talking about the root chakra and they were like, if you don't feel safe or the way you came into being and came into the world, like you didn't feel safe, like that's all that's going on and governing you that that's mm -hmm. it. it. And even if you don't think of it that way, like even if yes. you're, walk, you're not walking around going like, I don't feel safe. And at that point in my life, I was like, Oh, do like, what is safety? Like, I don't even know, like what are roots? You know, I grew up moving a lot. I grew up in a, it wasn't like my home was strangely chaotic. Not my mom did a lot to provide stability, but my dad did a lot to de destabilize it. They were a team. They were a team. <laughs> they were a team. <laughs> yin and yang, you know? And so like that, I, I don't think, I mean, I think what's tricky and like in conversation with my mom, sometimes like, you know, I'll be like, right, 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 mom. But what you need to remember is I was a child, like mm -hmm. you were an adult, but I was a child. So you have to like, remember, like a kid doesn't know that some things aren't bad. You know what I mean? Like a kid doesn't always know like that. I don't know. Like um, my dad worked a lot of hours. So sometimes it was like, is everything okay? Like, why does he have to work on these hours? You know? And it wasn't just like your dad's ambitious. It was like, well, you, as a kid, it's like you equate like working, working a lot with money and like, or like needing money or something. So I was like, are we cool? You know, like, so I hadn't really thought about it until I was like in my thirties of like, what is safety? What makes me feel safe? And an interesting thing to me in regards to like when I wish I could remember to credit them who gave me these morsels because they really did affect me in regards to the root chakra. But they were talking about also in terms of money or not just money, but resources that if you don't feel safe and you haven't figured out how to feel safe in your, your life, your body, your energy, that like you also can't really keep anything yeah. that, you know, money won't stay with you, maybe even opportunity homes or something. It's like things will feel really transient and like things are being taken from you. And that really got me because I have decent money luck. But at that point, it was so hard for me to like keep resources in my hands, you know, like whether it was a connection or it, or it was like certain gigs or, or whatever. I think at that point, I, honestly, I think I was still in television and wasn't really doing spiritual work yet. And I was like huh and working in production was a way of like living my trauma it was like oh you're not good at taking care of yourself how about a career that centers that you know yes. and, and applauds it yeah exactly it's actually the only way you succeed yeah. in it. you get a promotion <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thank you.
so it was this like weird process. And I'm curious, like in thinking about like what we were going to talk about today, it also really struck me how often that definition's changed for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, how do you, I kind of think nothing matters if we don't feel safe. So I'm curious how you cultivate safety for yourself. Mm, I love that question. That is my focus every single day since the day I realized that it had to be my focus every single mm. day. Yeah. And it's, and it's a practice. Like it, it, like you said, it's your focus every day. Cause I think it changes the practice. And yeah. I feel like the more people I work with, the more I realize, you know, how these incredibly intelligent adults with like super impressive careers, not that you need that, but very highly educated people are like, oh yeah, my roots. Oh yeah. Safety. Oh yeah. I didn't get the connection I needed from my parents, or I was, you know, left at this place a lot, or I wasn't held this way. There's so much in the root and there is nothing without it. There really isn't. There's nothing sustainable without it. There's nothing that, you know, we can build upon. So everything I do in my personal life, in my professional life is about building from the ground up, whether it's soul, whether it's a friendship, whether it's, you know, like making my bed. I mean, like everything, it starts with the roots, right? With with the first step. And I think that, so how do I cultivate it? You know, I'm in conversation with myself a lot as an only child. <laughs> I think that I talk to myself so much that it's like Milo the other day, my son was like, are you talking to yourself? I'm like, yeah, I am. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He's like, no. So, and maybe he'll be an only child. I don't know. He might not, but the point being, I try to talk myself through things where in the past I I would just keep them in because I had no one to talk to about, you know, these things with, or I didn't feel comfortable. And I'll be like, I think you're feeling anxious because I think you're, you know, feeling that in your body because, and I try to be in conversation to feel my body. Like sometimes when, and I think a lot of people will feel this, like you start to detach from your body and you'll be like, is that my arm? Like whose arm is that? This, this floating thing is just like out there. And I know that when I'm on my phone too much, I start to like feel and see the separation between me and my body. And that's when I am like, okay, I need to put down the artificial device or I need to like come back into my body, lay on the ground. So it's constant conversation, feeling like really in my body. And yeah, that's how I I try. And softness, like it needs, my environment needs to be quiet as quiet as possible with, you know, having fun and then soft, like lighting, like really like (laughs) with, with a little fun, y'all like not just, it's not and dimmers. I need dimmers. Okay. I need dimmers. No, it's yeah. Just like a sparkle. Okay. Just like a little (laughs) light sparkle. No. Um, yeah, I want to have fun. I don't want to be rigid, but I need like my sensitivities are part of me and I can't pretend that they don't exist anymore. Oh man. Isn't that (laughs) you want to talk about that nugget? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> seven hours later. Anna yeah. and Nina finished the podcast. My God, that's I mean, you know, that's a realization that's been exploding my brain lately where I'm like, what if I just work with who I am? You know, like yeah. crazy idea. But I, it's it, like in hearing what you're saying, what's 
interesting to, to me is a lot of that to me is about being grounded. And so I would wonder, does being grounded make you feel safe? Yeah. And honestly, money, like for a long time, money wasn't something. I don't remember how my parents talked about money, but I remember, obviously we were okay, but I don't remember, like, I think they talked about it in a way that made me feel like they were always worried about it, even though we were okay. So I was always confused. And then when I started to realize like what was actually going on, I was like, oh, well, my mom's like a super saver and my dad, well, was not so much. Not? Yeah. <laughs> not so much. That's, yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I think money is incredibly boring, but I also come from a family that, you know, I come from a wealthy family. And so part of why I find it boring is because a lot of people think it makes them cool or gives them a personality. And I will never ever deny the impact that money has. I mean, like, I don't mean, when I say I think money's boring, I don't mean it like, oh, money. Like, I'm a oh my God, I have way too much of it. I just have so much money. I'm bored by it. Like, I don't mean it like that at all. But it, I, but, but it's like, I think, I think capitalism is boring. You know, like, I think this, like, and killing just, us all. Yeah. Like, this blind desire, just, I think that's what I find boring. Like, this blind desire to just acquire, you know, for the sake of acquiring, like, yeah. or accumulate just to accumulate, like, isn't interesting to me. Like, when people, like, use it for stuff or, like, to, you know, I think it's great, but, like, it's confusing as a kid. Like, I think, you know, because, it's something that I think children can get. Like we see it happening. Like you see your parents paying for things or you like, it's something that I wonder why we don't talk to kids more about it. Well, that too, I'm curious how you feel about this as someone who did come from money. Like you didn't have to worry about that, right? Like you knew. So when my dad died, he had no will, had a, a loan outstanding, all this stuff. So we had nothing. And granted, my mom had like, my mom had worked, but like, not really. I mean, she was a housewife, you know, and I don't mean any, that yeah, I, no. I think it's one of, I mean, I think it's insane. We don't pay moms. So like, she had never had a credit card that was just hers, you know, like she wow. had no, like she had no like financial independence. independence. Yes. Financial. Thank you. I mean, I, we, we used to put, I mean, I probably shouldn't put this on a podcast, but so be it. There we go. Well, uh, I mean, my parents aren't allowed to listen to that. I haven't, well, I mean, if my mom can find podcasts, then um, <laughs> I know my mom didn't know what yeah. they were either. I was like, are you joking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when my father died, one of the, while we were trying to like, figure that out and like was my grandfather going to help us or you know how long was it going to take to probate thing I mean we didn't settle his estate for over two years so nothing for two years his checking everything frozen so what? yeah you know so we used to put my brother on the phone with Amex to pretend to be my dad and we would feed oh. him answers my to God. keep that credit card open because we were living off of it. How did that, how can they just not give you your parents' money? Because the well, kind of they're like, sure, you say you're this, but are you? And then we lost our visas and the British government was like, sure, you can have your visas back, but you need to put like a quarter of a million dollars 
shares in the British, like, you know, um, in British stocks and stuff. And we were like, yeah, okay. And stuff. So, but also like my dad made a good living. Like my dad did well. He was a forensic accountant, but it was weird. There were all these games. The thing is about people with money is, and that was when I talk about it in the context of my family, it's my grandfather, my mom's dad. There's lots of games. My grandfather used to ask like, do you need any money? If you said yes, you got nothing. If if you said, no, no, I'm fine, granddad. He gave you a hundred dollars. Like there were all these games Ooh. and all this stuff. So yeah. it wasn't like freely given. If anything, you felt like, I mean, listen, cry me a river. I grew up with wealth. I'm not, I'm, but I'm just no, saying, but- I don't think people understand what it's actually like sometimes that it's not like we have the free ATM. It's not like, you know, it wasn't freely given, I guess you had to dance. I mean, the benefit of it was that like when the rug got pulled out from under us, my grandfather freely said to my mom, like, what do you need? Like, I will help you. But it did come with strings. It was a sudden like, oh, why are their schools so expensive? Or why is it? And it's like, I think that that was a huge factor for me in being very independent. And I haven't really accepted family wealth until I'm just going to be honest, I have a trust fund. And that was kind of it. But I've wanted to make my own money because like money's not interesting enough or motivating enough to me to dance for it. You know, like yeah. it's just in jump through hoops. And I think the the dance and the not knowing if you were going to get it right or wrong or, did, you know, like, or the begging or whatever, I was like, fuck that. I'll just make my own. Like, I'll just have independence. But I think that made me also, it was like an overcorrection in a way, like of this like mm-hmm. hyper independence and also not true. You know, like, I feel like I kind of have a foot in both worlds, you know, like, who I am maybe on paper looks different than who and how I live my life. And I think if there had been less, maybe games or less, you know, my father came from nothing was like, I refuse to raise spoiled brats. He's like, I refuse, you know? So like if we wanted something, you know, it was like, okay, great. Like you can do these chores or whatever, but it was still like confusing and kind of like, and my dad kind of liked being the good time parent. So as much as my parents were then like, when we moved to England, they were doing debit cards already and they weren't doing that in the States yet. My dad was like, okay, we're going to set up bank accounts for you guys. We're going to get you debit cards and I'm going to give you an allowance and that's it. You don't get any other money, you know, for the month or week. I can't remember. And then he would immediately give us more money. And my mom was just like, <laughs> Do you, you know, learn, we're not talking did you, a lot. Did you, know? you learn the lesson? No, no. I learned like, I mean, it's like when it comes to money, it's like I really didn't learn anything until I became self-employed. It was like, oh, totally. why don't we talk about it? And even with this, right, we didn't set out to talk about money. No. At all. But I really feel like there's so little conversation about money, especially with good people. Like rich dicks are always talking about fucking money. It's all they talk about. It's so boring to your point of like, it's not a personality. It's not, doesn't mean shit. It can also be taken from you. And then what do you have? Yeah. It's not literally nothing. You have nothing. But if we taught this 
like in school, did you have any education about how to manage your money or like earning or exchange? Right. And as entrepreneurs, like that's when I learned about it. I certainly didn't learn about it getting my paycheck every week in the city, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to go spend all this and then I'll wait for the next one. And it was just this constant loop of anxiety of like, can I pay my rent? Can I pay for that expensive dinner that all my friends want to go to that I can't afford? I don't have someone to save me. One of my most embarrassing and humbling moments was getting my credit card declined for laundry. (laughs) Oh, dude. And of course, I lived across the street from the place and my mom was waiting outside and my mom's like very responsible financially. And I was young. I was in my early 20s and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I got. I guess this shit isn't free. I got to get get it together. But I think now that I have like a really good handle on it, I, it's financial health. It makes me feel physically better in my body because I know that if something ever happened, I could take care of my family for an extended period of time. And I'm, you know, that helps, right? That being said, we're also living in a place where if you take one ambulance ride and, you know, a couple other things, like you're shit out of luck. Yeah. You and I were talking about this the other day because I went to the doctor and I belong to one medical. I highly recommend them. But I told you like- sponsored. This this is is not not sponsored. sponsored. One day, one medical, get at me. Um, (laughs) Slide into my DMs. Slide into my DMs. (laughs) I mean, for real though. And if you want a really cool doctor, like one medical does, uh, Zara Fernandez, she's amazing. Anyway, I was telling you like, part of my loyalty to them is that when I didn't have health insurance for a year because I, when I went self-employed, like I missed enrollment. Like I didn't know how it all worked. I thought that that was just like a corporate thing. I didn't know that that's just insurance, you know, and I forget what happened. I think because I was permalance, I didn't get Cobra. Anyway, it was just like, I didn't have insurance for a whole year. Whole year. Yeah. And I was terrifying yeah I was and I nearly I remember one day I was on the corner of 14th and 7th Avenue I'd walked out of Dwayne Reed as one does Mm. and probably by Dwayne Reed good old Dwayne Reed I was probably buying some seasonal candy and (laughs) I nearly (laughs) as one does I I dropped in for some candy corn and then made my way to the street it's true (laughs) and I had And I had stepped a little bit and I had headphones in and I had stepped a little bit off the the curb as one does, because why wait for the crosswalk, you know, and nearly got hit by a bus because I couldn't hear it. It was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, came right in. Yes, exactly. And that's when I was like, you dumb bitch, you have to get insurance because you almost just got yourself hit by a bus. Well, you wouldn't have needed it then. Well, yeah, exactly. Bye bye. You're gone. But you would have been flattened. But it really like... You know the meme of the dog in the room on fire that says like this is fine. No, I that's feeling terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you, but it's a cartoon. Please, and I well, I think I'm the living embodiment of that meme because so often I'm like this is fine when it's like on in flames. You know, I'm like I don't have health insurance, but it's okay because it's a thing, and I'll be okay for a year. I had cancer, y'all. Like I cannot be without health insurance. Nobody can. Nobody. Nobody. Can. Well, nobody can. And if you are, I'm really sorry. I get it. It's expensive. It's probably one are, of my largest expenses. Figure out you how know? to get on Medicaid. Or- 
if you true, can't get a Medicaid. True. No shame in Medicaid. I have a ton of friends who are on it because insurance is so incredible, like incredibly dumb in this country. And so I had to have a bunch of blood work done and one medical charged me cost. They made it because they knew I didn't have insurance. They charged me as little as they possibly could. So yeah, really loyal to them forever and ever because of that. But recently I was at the doctor and, you know, she was just asking me different histories about things. And again, I keep coming back to like with roots of like, if you think about it literally like a plant and, you know, what are we, if not really sophisticated plants in some ways, it's like, or not sophisticated plants. Or not sophisticated. <laughs> I literally almost slid off the stool I'm sitting on. So maybe not so sophisticated. <laughs> it's a little slippy and I'm wearing a very like, like a slip dress. And it's like as if I'm sitting on a slip and slide. Maybe we will need to have a YouTube channel because it would be amazing to watch. <laughs> <you> just... <laughs> it's true. I was telling friends the other day that I, a year and a half, 400 years into a pandemic, I still haven't quite figured out my Zoom setup. And they were like, and I was just like, my apartment just doesn't work for it. I was like, and I always almost look like a little kid who's just like, hi, <laughs> like barely peering because of my angles. But I was thinking a lot, like I happened to see a really good doctor and she was just like asking me a lot about like kind of like history and like, and it just made me think about like one story we're sold is just that I think we're sold that our lives are going to be so much more linear and focused and unchanging like mm -hmm. than they are. Mm -hmm. And I th think I used to think because maybe I really resisted being grounded for many, many moons. I don't think I felt particularly rooted for a variety of reasons. So I think I just thought like, oh, that's going to be a curse. Like I'm never going to resolve that. And I don't think I realized when I first heard that thing about the root chakra and stuff, like I know for me, I was avoiding really looking at a lot of that stuff, like really avoiding looking at what kept me from connecting to safety or knowing I deserved it or was worth it and had the ability to cultivate it for myself. And yes, I don't like think I understood. Just go out. No, of course you didn't. Because where would you have gotten that education? Right. But I think I just didn't know that also, like, so when I started doing that and being like, okay, like, what do I really want to be rooted in? What do I really want to be grounded in? You know, these sort of things that that can change and you can change at any time and you can go like, you know what? I don't think mm -hmm. this is serving me so much. Or, I mean, I think for me, a big thing was being hardworking and ambitious to the point of overriding my body. And that felt like safety. And that felt, and like, I had to learn the nuance of like hardworking. Sure. Good. You know, to the point of like override. No, then it's gone out of balance. Like, no. And, and it's waiting for a tower moment. Yeah. 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 And I had to learn that like, it I think because like chaos felt safe to me, like it took me a really long time for grounded and rooted to feel safe to me. I feel like those things, those are just words until you understand how that feels in your body and how you, mm -hmm. you can like see it mirrored back to you because of something that you have done, right? Like 
it does for me anyway, it didn't make sense. You can say, Oh, and grounding and rooting. And even like my first yoga classes as an adult and into your feet and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're there. Like next. Totally. <laughs> so yes. Uh, where I'd be like, yeah, I'm standing on them. They're check, obviously check, here. Check, check. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the now, now shins, shins, then the knees. Like, let's get up. Let's get on with yeah, it, girl. Let's go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> now it's like, I could spend so much time thinking and talking and, you know, feeling into it because it really is a couple of things. Realizing, I think, how basic it needs to be is so, is almost freeing in a way, right? I was talking to a client today about just having a simple schedule. She comes from an incredibly chaotic background and we were talking about just being comfortable in the chaos. So even though she has like a completely different life than she did growing up, she is creating it, right? As we do this sense of chaos in an otherwise like peaceful life, because that is safety to her, even though it's not anymore. Right. And I said to her, you know, things that I've said to myself and many people, like there's nothing wrong with you not knowing how to, to do it differently. Like it it takes time. It takes a lot of discipline to be like, I actually don't need to do that anymore. I can do something different. I can choose even in a super small way, like creating a schedule for myself. So I don't have 5,000 plans happening or notebooks everywhere or chaos, because I think we teach ourselves that we have to be one way forever. Like, like you're saying, you know, and that's the kind of the conversation growing up too. It's like, you go to school and then you go to another school and then you get a job and you get married and you have some kids and then you die. And it's like, there's everything (laughs) exists between those things. And some people don't even want any of those things, right? So allowing ourselves to change, I think is super grounding, right? In the moment and during every day is different. So what do you need that day? You need to eat differently. You need to have like a structure, but allow ourselves to be fluid in that you know, stability, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think also if you're like me and when that changes, you don't like it, that's valid too. Because tell me more about that. I mean, because I think like, you know, we do intuitive work. It's the whole thing for us. And (laughs) it's like this whole gig. (laughs) So I think like I get annoyed in that I'm like, Oh, I know these things help me, you know, like I know this Mm -hmm. and I get really annoyed when they don't and it changes or I've outgrown them. Let's talk about you and change for a minute. I have a really weird relationship with change where I go, oh, (laughs) oh no, I'm like, I'm here. I love hate change. I do. Like part of me loves change. You know what it is? I don't think I'm like it when I think I've wrapped my mind around something or gotten grappled with it. I think because I felt so deficient in taking care of myself in these things of like mm-hmm. how to be a healthy person that I would really cling to it because it felt like an accomplishment. And I didn't understand that it was an ever evolving thing. So yeah. that would be like threatening to me because I would be like, this isn't where I'm confident. Like, I don't know, like if this isn't working, like I'm getting enough sleep, I don't need more sleep, but I'm still exhausted or whatever. I just, 
think that's more when it comes to that sort of thing, like that's why the change sort of flusters me is I'm just like, Oh, I think I feel, I mean, now it's better, but like definitely a couple of years ago, it was like, well, I don't know. I've given it all the tricks. I know, you know, like I don't have anything left. Like if this isn't working for you, body and psyche, like I don't have anything else, you know? No, I <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, it's okay. And like things just change and that's all right. Like, reading is something I really love but during the pandemic I couldn't you know I just I was like at first so excited I was like I'm finally gonna read all these books because you know I was initially like I think a lot of us it was like as if we were gonna like go on sabbatical you know and then I very quickly like could not read just couldn't read couldn't absorb anything and my therapist was like oh okay so this is like part of your grief response or something and I was like Oh, I was like, that's okay. Like, can you go back to like podcasts? Like, can you listen to something? You know, it didn't yeah. flummox me as much. It was like interesting. I think I've gotten better at just like acceptance and not making it about me or something. It was like one of those good moments where I'm not going to gaslight myself. I know for a fact that I'm trying to read these things and I just cannot do it. My brain's not absorbing it. I'm not, you know, I'm not comprehending anything. I'm not retaining anything. Like this is a pointless exercise. You know, mm -hmm. I felt very aware of that, but I just didn't understand why it was happening and just casually mentioned it. I thought, and I didn't really, I wasn't trying to be like I have been in the past where I was like, I will override that. Like I will reread this page as many times as it take, which would have been me probably like five to 10 years ago. I'll just keep trying until I get it. I think I've gotten better at just, you can't read right now. It's okay. When something is destabilizing, find, you know, the ground in some way, how, whatever that means to you. And for you in that moment, it's, that's okay. Even just assuring yourself or like having compassion makes you feel a little bit better yeah. and safer, right? Yeah. I think a default for me is to blame myself or be critical. What did I do? What have I done? And I've had to learn that's kind of a form, I don't know, of narcissism. I mean, like to assume it all begins and ends with yourself, but I've had to realize like, there's very few times that's actually helped me, you know? Mm. And if I just kind of go like, there isn't a negative connotation to this, that's what you're bringing into this conversation. I think that's a good question to ask each other. The most helpful way to connect with your roots, to connect with your foundation, to mm -hmm. heal and the most unhelpful. Unhelpful, I would think is receiving unsolicited advice. Fuck what they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. I think helpful for me is usually, I think of it as I have to like power down. I have to like power down and shut out. I usually need to come back to myself in some way. And whether that's like canceling plans and like giving myself some alone time or quiet, like downtime, I think of it as like whatever gives me like a deep kind of sigh to be like, okay, now what? Yeah. You know, like that clarity. I think it's also asking for what I need. Sometimes something I've really accepted about myself is I'm slower to process than I'd like. And so sometimes I have to, you, like you see it with me when we're making decisions. I'm like, I'm not saying no, I'm just saying I need a second. And I'm like, what do you mean? It doesn't happen for you in a split second. She's like <laughs> taking her finger like off the button to like fire it. You know, I'll be like, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying, but I'm like, I just want to think on it. 
it. And she's like, yeah, okay, cool. Totally cool. And I'm like, it's not. I know. hovering yeah. on the send button. I know it. But anyway, I don't love that. You know, like I want to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make decisions. Let's do things. But I but love like, that about you. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, I need to sit with it. Cause I'm usually thinking of how does something fit into like the larger context of things. And I just want to make sure I'm doing my own like due diligence, but that wanting to do that due diligence, like for me is both like a good thing. It is how I felt, feel safe and grounded, but it's also a way I think I can like set myself up. Then I have to mm-hmm. be like, you've had a roughed out plan, but like it wasn't written in stone. Another thing for me is being hydrated. A big, 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 big one. Yeah, she's showing, show, showing that water dance. <laughs> Imagine I just water poured bottle. it over my head. Oh my God, if you had poured it, I forgetting that you have headphones on. Yeah. Um, and then she got electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> I wish like now I do wish this was live and then like the technical difficulty slate goes up and I'm like, uh, sadly we had to pause because Nina electrocuted herself. I mean, I do think water is a big thing for me and sort of some basics, you know, like I love coffee. So like if I'm traveling or I'm staying with someone, something I need sort of sussed out is like, how's that coffee going to happen in the morning? Literally. Do I know? So yeah. first, I don't stay with people, first of all. Now I have a kid. So I'm just like, that's never happening again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever, never. But she's like, that's over for me. <laughs> yeah, no, forever. Um, <laughs> but coffee is the one thing I absolutely need to know. Where is it coming from? But also like, do you even have good taste in coffee? Like, because yeah. it needs, I am a fucking snob when it comes to coffee and other things frankly i'm slutty about coffee so i, can I need get the down milk right i need the coffee game. right now yep. no. yep. yeah like mm-hmm. it I has to be me. right what's interesting to you is you're saying that a lot of the things that can be really helpful can also be really unhelpful like too much yeah. coffee it's right? true like I think that's, it's funny. Do you remember an article that came out, I think in the New York Times a couple of years ago, that was like, if you love something, like don't do it all the time, that it was like, if you have, you know, if there's a place you go to, cause like you, you know, love the, literally the example they used was coffee that the writer would get, um, like a latte from this place, you know, like if they happen to be taking like that train and then eventually they changed it and were like getting that latte every day. And then it wasn't as special. It didn't taste yeah. as good, you know? And that's something I think about a lot is I am an incredibly compulsive person. And I'm also somebody that, you know, if one's good, two's better, you know, and I have to go like, okay, lady maximalist, like, are you going to like, are you going to destabilize yourself in this quest for like chasing that high? Yeah. Or are you going to take future pleasure away from yourself by devaluating the exactly she's gagging now. And I did it on purpose. I knew if I was going to say pleasure, I had to say it like that. I had to say it like that and really just grossed me out. I told you about the time my mom was discussing, she was talking about one of her boyfriends and and had described them as... Your mom's not, your mom's not a virgin? Well, first of all, my mom's not a virgin, hence why I'm here. But she also described them as being sensual. And I was like, ew, mom. And her friend was like, what? Like, is your mom not allowed to like have lovers or something? And I was like... (laughs) To take a lover? Yeah, I was like... 
I was like, that's the second foul. No. And I was like, no, of course she is. But if you're going to say sensual, you have to say sensual. <laughs> and I feel the same way about pleasure. I feel, <laughs> un- gonna- I feel destabilized and unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> but it is something I have to ask myself. Is this desire to like repeat or have more? I mean, it sounds so silly, but I think it is constantly talking to yourself like a five-year-old where like I wanted another cup of coffee today and yet acid reflux is constantly ruining my life. And I was like, Anna, do you want this cup of coffee bad enough to potentially feel bad? Or can you wait and have your cup of coffee in the morning? And I was like, oh, I can wait. Like, I'll enjoy it more then, you know? If we only talk to ourselves like that all the time, we'd all be better off. But if nobody ever talked to you like that, and also just if you become an adult and you start to get further away from yourself, we all do. It's hard to imagine yourself as that child or, you know, and it's not in a patronizing way. It's just, do you really need that, honey? Or, or you maybe, yeah. not, you know, well, and not so helpful. Also as a form of like denial or rejection or whatever, I don't know about you, but I got like real high as an adult on being able to like meet my needs and give me the things that I wanted that then that went too far, you know? And I do think it's like this process. If you didn't feel safe or things made you not feel safe as a child, as you get older, if you're going to have to cultivate that on your own, I would say as someone who's also done that, give yourself so much patience and so much compassion. And like, it's not about doing it right or wrong. Like, I really do think it's just being willing, much like boundaries, much like needs, like anything else. Like, it's not always sexy. And it's not always the answer you want. It's like, it's rarely ever sexy. Yeah, it really isn't. It's just rarely ever. Sometimes it is, right? Like, but really rarely it is. And I think that's such an important point, because so much of the wellness industry capitalizes on people's need for like shiny objects and sexy fixes. And it's all bullshit. You have to be disciplined. It's gritty. Sometimes it's not, it doesn't mean it's not fun or beautiful in moments, but it's also like a job and it's for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's just also too, there's, I mean, I think it can take more time than you maybe want, but there's also no substitute for just getting in there and kind of getting your hands dirty and going, what does make me feel better? When do I feel this? You know, like it's cool to like have tools and have crystals or have, you know, Palo Santo, you lighter or whatever, like not Palo Santo. It's over harvested. It's over harvested. I know. I know if you don't get it from an ethical source. I mean, all these things are cool, but if you're not asking yourself and then noticing how you feel, like, when does it feel good? When does it feel bad? None of those things matter. No, if the truth isn't present, then there's nothing else to build on. Which sucks. I get it. I fight it every day. Like, I understand, you know. I I don't. I don't. I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But But Anna, tell me how that feels to be be imperfect. (laughs) Do you, I mean, like, I wouldn't understand as someone I mean, who's like, perfect. Yeah, it just doesn't ring any bells for me. No, but the truth is we have to be really honest with ourselves in a way that can feel confronting, right? But can soften over time, I think, given mm-hmm. the right environment of like you and you being like, it's okay. You know, looking at yourself in the mirror is incredibly uncomfortable, but I highly recommend it for, you know, there's a card in the that archetype deck by Kim Kranz 
the self behind the self, just gazing and, and ask it. And that might feel really confrontational to you or hard, which is okay. But I think one of the most stabilizing things I do is to stop and look at myself in the mirror. I remember when I used to drink too much and I still drink wine, but I don't definitely, I mean, I haven't been drunk and I can't even remember when years and years. And I used to look at myself in the mirror when I had too much wine and I wouldn't recognize myself. And that really scared me. And I think now it's so amazing to look at myself in the mirror when I'm feeling unsafe and be like, you're okay. You're, and it's okay that you don't feel safe in this moment. For me, the most unhelpful thing that I do is worry. Yeah. I mean, and I yeah. worry all the fucking time. I don't worry about myself as much as I do about my kid or our safety or our planet or vulnerable population. And, you know, then I'm like, oh yeah, and you could die too. But there's, you know, worry is the most unhelpful thing I do. And the most helpful thing I do is to quiet myself and to sit and just be, you know, in whatever form. So I think that any closing thoughts on roots and foundation, we could talk about this for so long and we will. It's a big, big thing. I would say if it feels really hard for you to try to find support and resources that feel actually like that. Yeah. If it makes you feel bad or you're looking at someone that you think has it like all together to like model that for you, like maybe such don't do that. Such a good point. Oh my God. Such a good point. This is, it's okay if your version doesn't look like someone else's because it is such a deeply personal thing. And I would say if it feels hopeless to you or like you, like I don't have the most amazing backstory, you know what I mean? Like I have my own trauma and, and, and chaos. And I know you and I both have heard countless clients with, I mean, banana stories where you're like, how are you even talking to me? And they've been able to cultivate it. It's not hopeless. Like if that's something you want for yourself, it is, I think, available to you, even if it doesn't feel like it is in this moment. I would say, give yourself permission to sort of like wipe the slate clean, go like, I'm going to like, get rid of this story that I'm never going to be able to feel safe. I'm never going to be able to earn money. I'm never going to be able to build a future for myself because how I came to this earth didn't give me skills for that. I would say wipe the slate clean if you can in a way and then go, well, okay, what can I do tomorrow? Can I have my laundry done? Can I, what can I do that'll make me feel like I am building safety for myself? Yeah. And just see how that feels. See how it goes. Like, that's what it is. It doesn't it happen overnight. You know, no. like it does not happen overnight. It's a long process and it's going to change. So don't feel like it's not available to you regardless of what your story is. It is. It's available to all of us. Yeah, it is. And everyone deserves it. Everybody deserves to feel safe in their body and in their life. Everyone. The more we work on creating that for ourselves, the more we can help people whose safety is actually threatened by yeah. just being who they are. And we all yeah. know who those people are. They're not white people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're not straight white people. Well, have a beautiful end of your day or beginning of your day. And we're happy <laughs> you're here. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful, have a beautiful middle day. Of, have a beautiful middle of your day. Have a beautiful day. Or just maybe the middle of your nine. Or yeah. <laughs> we'll be here for 10 more hours being like, maybe it's the second hour of your day. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. 
Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus. 